Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, hello, my dear audience. Welcome to Back to Basics. My guest today is Mark Champagne. He's an entrepreneur, host of the Top 50 Ranked Fitness Podcast, Behind the Human, and author of Personal Socrates, an incredible book that has been described as one where ancient wisdom meets modern-day mental fitness. Mar has also studied mental fitness practices for over a decade and consults with Fortune 500 companies as a mental fitness strategist and speaker. Hello, Mark, and welcome to Back to Basics. Leticia, thank you so much for having me. You're making me uh, feel more important than I am by saying a famous podcast, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, you are anybody that has a top 50 ranked podcast, having done this for three years, I know that's a big deal. So you are a famous podcaster. Thank you. And, and you have, you. I mean, of course, we'll talk more about your podcast, but how many episodes do you have already? I know you told oh, me there's we a at? whole lot. <laughs> yeah, nearing nearing 300 interviews it's at incredible. this point. Wow, that is yeah, incredible. Well, congratulations. Thank you. If not, if someone knows the effort it takes and the commitment it takes, that's me. So I, I applaud you. You're an inspiration. So, so Mark, <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course, when we were introduced by a dear friend, you know, we talked a little bit and I learned about your book and I say I'm going to buy it. And, and, you know, it's it's been it's an incredible book. And of course, we'll talk more about it. But, you know, I always am very interested in the journey between Mark, the young Mark and the book writer and the podcast host and all that, what happened in, in, the, in that time. So tell us a little bit about your young years. What were you passionate about? If you dreamt about uh, having a, a podcast <laughs> or writing a book, what were you passionate about back then? I, you know, I've been listening to uh, your episodes and I'm like, so I, I had a feeling this question was, was going to <laughs> yes. come. And I was like, oh no, because what, what I'm doing now, and if I look at the book or the podcast and really anything around mental fitness, like none of this even was in my mind, not even a fraction of it as as a young kid. So I don't, I don't know where it's all come from. I, I mean, I have some but that's hypothesis. that's a great thing of, though. I love yeah. that. I love that because that means that you, you don't have, you create your own destiny. Well, in a way, yes. Uh, what I've realized, like just now going kind of back in reflection and, and taking some time to think about like what's happening and the work that I'm doing and even moving forward, what I've noticed is that, and this is, this is like, you know, very similar to, to many that you probably interview, but just that, at least my life and the work has just naturally evolved in a way. And, and the, the faster I started to get to the point where I wasn't trying to force, you know, the next steps or force life, then all of a sudden the path started to become more and more clear and the next projects became, oh yeah, that is totally the right way or the, 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 the path I need to be taking. And it, it took... I think it took uh, a bit of a blow up in in life and business to get to the point of realizing that 
no matter what's happening, I mean, my, my full-time job always has to be the health of my mind so that it's clear enough to see those next steps forward. And it so happens that's also my work now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before that, though, I would say the, the, the only theme that I can see that has been around the very beginning of like, let's call him Little Mark, um, mm-hmm. has been <laughs> just being curious and always, you know, enjoying being around people and conversing with different people, which is obviously, you know, something that I do for a living, I guess you could say now. But while I was in that stage of my life, like what I really wanted to do, I went to school for business and marketing and communication. So I guess maybe there's a link there, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to get into sales and I wanted to get into product management. Like that was, those were the things that, that really lit me up. Funny, actually, as I'm answering this question to you, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm seeing the links here. So <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. The through line really is the fascination with with other people and connecting and understanding, you know, like what what motivates people, so that I could find. And this is obviously a very, uh, very much linked to sales, but also now is 100% linked to trying to help people with mental fitness. The similarity is that you have to find the narrative that will resonate with the person on the other side so that they can, you know, lower the the fences and open up the door to have the conversation. Mm, I love that. And so, well, so it sounds like at some point you were very clear, I'm going to do my business uh, degree and I'm going to go into corporate. I know that you work as an yeah. analyst. So all that took you to a, to a successful journey, basically. But at one point you said, this is not for me. And I know your book is about asking questions. Were you asking questions yeah. back then? Like, was there any sort of process maybe that you follow already without knowing <laughs> that led you to quit that job? Yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, what what I didn't know or what I didn't have language for at that time was is what I call mental fitness. Because right out of university or school, I quickly developed a morning practice, which at, at the very beginning was just centered around getting up a little bit earlier to read inspiring content or learn about others and so forth. And this comes right back to that sales job because at that time, this is probably close to 15 years ago now, but you'd resonate with this. People were hired in like big batches, mm-hmm. right? There's big groups. So, you know, and I was part of one of one of those hiring waves at the company that I was at. And I remember just thinking we were all flown out to Montreal, Canada at that point, and being all trained up, you know, based on if you came out of school with a business degree, then you're trained on the science. This was in the in the healthcare space. And if you had the science degree, you're trained up in the sales and the business side of things. Mm. And I just I remember thinking essentially we're all being trained in the same way. Mm-hmm. So how and, and this is a sales role. Like how possibly am I going to, you know, be able to rise to the top and like win the trips and mm-hmm. like do well and hit my numbers if I'm doing the exact same mm-hmm. thing that everyone else is doing. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my at least first step was well I'm I'm going to learn about other people that are doing really well or at least are perceived to be doing really well in their in their life and see what they're doing and just fuel my mind with that. And that lasted, I should say that that then developed into a journaling practice or a reflective practice because I would read these profiles and and read these blog posts at the time and then eventually got into podcasts when when podcasts came onto into the market. And I just started to notice that like 100% of the people I was reading about were asking really good questions mm-hmm. and some sort of self-reflective questions. So I'd be writing those down. And then either on the spot in the morning, I would then 
journal on them based on where I was at in, in my life, personally, professionally. Or I'd write the question down and I'd save it for the next morning, which I always would get up then excited. I'm like, I know I have that really powerful question and I know I'm going to feel good after I spend some time with it and I'm going to start the day with a primed mind. Mm. So I did that for a decade. And it was, I think it was through all of that training and mental fitness and all the questions that eventually got to the point where it wasn't necessarily that the job I was doing didn't feel like I didn't want to do it anymore. It was more that I had this idea for a health tech app or specifically a journaling app that I knew I would regret not trying it. Mm. And I didn't know anything other than that because I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't coming from an entrepreneurial family. I had no experience in that world. The only person that I could see, you know, quite directly in that that space was my brother-in-law who I ended up uh, co-founding the app with who's been a lifelong entrepreneur so I was like okay you know he he knows how this this world works I know how big brand and marketing strategies work having you know been working on you know these 100 million dollar brands so that part I was coming in confident with and together uh, we ended up launching what was at the time one of the first guided journaling apps that is incredible. And you said something that uh, I made a note of is I knew I would regret not trying it. And I think a lot of people might listen to this. And I know there's something that each of us wants to do that in a way you kind of know you would regret not doing it. But most people leave it in that dream category. Yeah. So I'm always very curious and I would love to um, hear your take on it is on, on what makes you take the leap. Like, what is it? in the human being behavior that some of yeah. us, they, they, we all know, we kind of know we will regret it. But if the next, if I don't buy the lottery ticket and I could have won, you know, I will regret it. But do you think you have identified what make you take action? Yeah, I have, I have, I have some thoughts around that. But before that, even just on regret in general, because there was an interesting, there were many interesting moments leading up to like my final day at that company. And because I was leaving on, you know, positive terms, it wasn't mm -hmm. like I, I hated my job, right? I was leaving for that idea. And so I had really nice, you know, kind of, I don't want to say final conversations, but like farewells mm -hmm. from the team and whatnot. And what I didn't expect, and it's still like, you just brought it back up in my mind, just with, with your, your comment, I could see, I remember sitting kind of, you know, side by side by people and saying, you know, they were wishing me farewell and so forth. And I could see it in their eyes that what they weren't saying were, was, I have an idea too. Mm -hmm. And you're so courageous for going and doing this. Like it, it felt like almost 80%, you know, had I not been leaving, I have never felt that from those people. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, oh, that's, I mean, like, just go for it kind yeah, of thing. Right. That's great. But the just go for it mentality, I think, I think really I, I had been training my mind for 10 years to be able to get to that point because of all of that knowledge and studying people that were doing this and knowing what questions they were asking to help in these moments helped me. Because then the question that I, I asked myself to, to ultimately make the decision was, well, what's the worst that could happen? Mm -hmm. And I mean, essentially, I mean, if people have the book, the worst that could happen probably did happen because the whole thing financially failed, but it succeeded in a million other different ways. It had social impact. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if I would project to what did happen and had I known, you know, that was a possibility, um, I probably wouldn't have taken the step. So there was also a certain level of 
just inexperience and and being naive to the situation that I think allowed me to jump in. And uh, I mean, part, partnering with my brother-in-law was also really helpful because it wasn't, I didn't feel alone and felt like we were kind of both tackling mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and doing our best. And at the time, the, the answer to, you know, what's the worst that could happen? If it doesn't work, I could always go back to, you know, the past industry I was coming from because I was, again, leaving on on good terms and had at that point had some pretty good experience that I felt confident enough that I could find a job again. Mind you, though, as that whole journey played out, this kind of a blessing also led to some really tough emotional times. But in going through that journey, I definitely discovered like this is the work that I'm meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And when the when the app actually, uh, you know, financially failed and I was left with without that business, then I was, you know, at this place where, well, I don't want to go back because I know I need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, so now what? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's uh, very inspirational. And, and and you said something that's really powerful, which is you train your mind. I think that training your mind, it gives you like that trusting, like you have to trust that you are yeah. where you're supposed to be. And we all say it and sounds cheesy and sounds like, yeah, well, whatever. But it really, once you know, and, and many times, like even my husband, I was having a tough day for work yesterday. And I, the famous question going, and I, I had mentioned that I was interviewing you and he also saw your book and, and he loved it. And he said, what would you do if, if you knew you wouldn't, you cannot fail, right? The famous question. Mm-hmm. And I say, exactly yeah. what I'm doing right now. I would do exactly what I'm doing right now. And it felt good, actually, because I think it's the first time I've ever answered it that way. I've always answered it. Oh, I would, you know, create a wine company or (laughs) do some. But then I realized, oh, somehow I now, even if there's struggles and there's difficulties and challenges, like I almost have an okayness with it and say, because there's a certain trust that needs to happen, but that doesn't happen unless you train your mind, in my opinion, like that you have some sort of practice that gives you that resilience. Yeah. Well, because I mean, what's always fascinating to me, because the concept of training your mind or that just that image of training your mind, I mean, some people really get it and, and most just know it's important, but they don't really do much on that, on that topic. Which, which is interesting because if you think of any kind of physical activity or athletes or anything like this, right? I mean, they all have a team of coaches across the board. Yes. And, you know, like if you're, if you're going to perform at a high level and then you come out of the basketball game, let's say, and you don't do any kind of recovery or rest work, I mean, eventually your, your body stops functioning. Mm-hmm. But what we, what we often forget is that we're almost putting our minds through like a 12 hour, you know, high intensity workout daily, mm-hmm. nonstop with very little rest and recovery. And then wonder why we feel burnt out or feel like the, our minds are cluttered. And then, then that's when you get into those moments where, uh, am I doing the right thing? Am I climbing the right mountain? And it's only through, you know, the consistent training, just like you would physically, like you're not making big shifts once life hits you with the big obstacle like you've trained for that just like if you're going to run a marathon i mean you're not changing up your training on race day yeah, right yeah, like you're yeah. relying on the weeks and months of training prior to so and if we can just like subtly shift our perspective on that and find the things that work for for you individually that you know 
you know, put a smile on your face or make you feel a little bit more clear or give a little bit of time for your mind to just breathe. And that's different for everyone. I mean, there's a million different practices, but like list those things out and just make sure that they're built into your, into your calendar and that you're doing them, you know, at least a few times per week. And you'll really, you'll see it, you'll feel it right away because then you'll ask questions or be able to answer questions like what, what, what you did and answer confidently. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. It doesn't mean it's not hard. It doesn't mean you're not being thrown, you know, challenging and high pressure situations, but at least you have those moments of, of clarity that know that I'm on the right path. Mm, I love that. And so at that point, you know, after your venture and you say, this is what I'm going to do, I take it that the podcast came first behind the human, right? It came at the, roughly at the same time as we were building the app. Okay. Because what was happening and, and any, you know, technologist listening up can probably relate to this. We, our, our development was delayed <laughs> yeah. several times. Mm -hmm. So, and we went through multiple different teams to try to get this thing off the ground. I mean, I'm not a technologist, neither was my brother-in-law. So it was, it, that was definitely one of our, our most challenging parts of the business. Um, so while that was happening and while we we're just really frustrated, I started to think about, well, what can we be doing in the meantime as that's being built to start to build the brand? And again, like I was coming from that world. So I just, I started working on the podcast idea, which it's funny, I came across an audio note on my phone, uh, I think two weeks ago, which has the first recording uh, of what wasn't a podcast. It was just, I was recording the interview and it was a, it was a write-up mm -hmm. and it was the very first one. And it was a cafe owner in Montreal, Canada, where I was working quite a bit, kind of like evenings and weekends before I left that job. And, and it was just showing, you know, this cafe owner that that's it's always busy in there seems like everything, you know, is rolling really smoothly. And he was doing everything possible to just to keep his mind in check. And he had meditation practices. I'm like, I want to tell that story because people don't see that. Mm -hmm. And, and if they knew that you were doing these things, maybe that will inspire others to do it. So that's where it all started. I love it. Probably about, I don't know, 30 or 50 interviews later, then realized, you know what? There's stuff being left out of the articles from the audio that I think is valuable because, you know, at, at least over, as you know, over time, you get better and better interviewing. Mm -hmm. And I finally realized, I, I felt like I was at the point where I'm like, this should, this should be audio. Mm -hmm. And that's when the podcast started. That and, uh, you know, it's been five years now. Um, and I love the title, posting. Behind the Human. Yeah, thank you. So that did change post-app because... It was, the app was called Kyo, which was the Japanese word for today. Mm -hmm. And the podcast was branded in the same way. It was called Kyo Conversations. And when we shut the, the app down, I took a bit of a break, but realized, I mean, I, the thing that lit me up the most out of the whole experience was, was connecting with people like yourself and having these conversations. So that's when the show, I rebranded it to Behind the Human, kept the same same format, same style of interviews, just different name. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then so with all these interviews and I and I, you know, I have thought about it because, as you said, you it gets to a point where there's so much wisdom and content. It's out there on the episode, but like you want to do more with it. And so yeah. I know that, I mean, you have interviewed uh, and you share, you know, in, in almost 300 episodes, you know, award-winning writers, entrepreneurs, strategies, musicians, athletes, and you, uh, you know, try to discover, you know, their process of self-inquiry. 
and you yeah. know, and questions, and the book came out of that, right? Yeah, it. I mean, I was just trying because as the 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 dust kind of settled from the app experience, I mean, we reached a lot. I mean, what I'm not telling people is that it failed financially, but we did reach you know nearly 90 million people Incredible. with the the app in the first couple of years. So, and I only share that because. Clearly, there was something of interest uh, with the with the type of content. We, I mean, we just failed in terms of the business model and and like technology and, and whatnot. So for me, then, when it came to the idea of the book, it was sparked from that you know that that insight or that data, knowing that people are interested in this this work and the narratives behind the questions and the practices. Um, what if there, you know, what if I use the different medium to get that across? Mm. And that's where the idea of the of the book, um, how it came about, and I I just started chatting with uh, my now publisher, who was a good friend because they were running a uh, they still are running a stationery company called Baron Fig, where they produce really nice notebooks and pens and and so forth. And I had approached them without knowing them at one point with for our journal, the journaling company, because I said, you know, I would love at one point with the with the technology. We'd love to be able to export people's journals so they can print it on a nice, you know, physical, mm-hmm. in a physical journal. And I mean, long story short, they weren't able to do that kind of customization, but we stayed in touch. Mm. And, you know, three years later, I guess, when I'm speaking about this book concept, the owner of the company said, no, we've always wanted to publish books. We've created tools for thinkers, but we've never published actual books. And we have all, you know, we have the designers, we know how to you know, put together uh, a really nice quality product given our journals and guided journals. And he just put it out there just saying, you know, would you, would you consider publishing with us? And, you know, that comes right back kind of full circle to have what we're talking about. And, and even for yourself, like just that clarity of knowing they was like, that was a hell yes moment. Mm-hmm. It just, mm-hmm. it was at the right time because I was trying to figure out, do I self-publish this or do I put together this massive book proposal and start pitching it across, you know, Penguin and Crown and whatnot. And then we had that conversation and it just felt, you know, like it was the right choice. Oh, that's fantastic. And by the way, your book is gorgeous. I mean, the case, you're just <laughs> talking you. about quality and all that is just really beautiful, well-made, like that case, sturdy, like you, I, I like... I have never been able to transition to the Kindle. I like my books in printed format. And and so I, I have to say I haven't seen one of those in a while because you can see the, the quality also of the actual paperback not being kind of the same. Yeah. So it's a, amazing. Thank you. No, no, it's nothing but the truth. But I, I love the fact also what you say that how it comes full circle. And I think it was Steve Jobs that said that you cannot connect the, the dots forward. You have to connect the dots yes. backwards. So true. And it's so true because sometimes you're frustrated and like, why is everything is so hard and ta, ta, ta. And then you realize when when you come to that realization, like, you know, oh, well, everything else needed to happen so that you're here. And, you know, yeah. and, and then it becomes very clear. But it's just the hardship while you're in the moment of those difficult moments. You Sometimes we don't see it. It's impossible to see. Yeah. Well, and that's when it comes back to something you said earlier, where you just trust that the dots are laying out and that they will eventually connect, right? And that, you know, and also just knowing that those, you know, the dots aren't going to connect in a straight line. They're going to jump around Mm -hmm. and zig and zag and whatnot (laughs) and being okay with that. And and one way to be okay with that is to at least have some foundational 
practices or things that you can do that you know when when those moments do arise that okay you don't have to sit in incredibly uncomfortable emotions for long periods of time it's not about not feeling them but it's about okay recognize that they're there and, and how do you rechannel release and get back to essentially the plan that you've laid out for yourself and it, it's all just for me what i've noticed just all just constant reminders that we need to give ourselves because the default operating mode that most of us are on and it's not our fault because we're surrounded by this is fear and negativity mm. and so if you you know if you don't do something to counterbalance that then of course you know you're not going to feel great and and it's no surprise that we have such high rates of mental health conditions I'm, i mean i'm i wish it wasn't the case but i'm not surprised because we're surrounded by it whether it's the news or social media or whatever it's everywhere yeah it's it's uh, definitely it is a, it's a big issue and I think we all it has touched all of us where we've known somebody that unfortunately couldn't bear with life and made yeah. radical decisions and it's sad but it's more and more you 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 get exposed to that and and so I think definitely this kind of work is so important and and I've heard you say that like one question asked at the right time can change everything and I know that's kind of the premise in which you yeah. base your book which you know, for a little background, I would love to hear about the Socratic method and why you call it yeah. the, your personal Socrates. But I, I just love the, you know, that idea that you centered it around a Greek philosopher, very famous Greek philosopher, but probably from which we don't know that much about anyway. Yeah. So, well, you nailed it. Yes. And I, I was in that same in that same camp because, and this came from from Joey from Baron Fig, the the publishing company. Because when I was explaining the book concept and when I was explaining the work in general, I mean the through line was always, you know, just these powerful questions give us the luxury of a pause to take a different course of action or just subtly like do make a micro adjustment, shift our mood, shift our perspective, um, and the, and the question is able to do that. And what I said to him as well, I said, you know, like when I was going through a, a tough time with, with shutting down that business, the, the big question for me that literally, you know, stopped me from going into a deep depression was what someone left it to me. What, 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 what do you want for your life? And I answered that question and it, it paused the narrative long enough to then answer the, or ask the next question. And the next question after that, I'm like, well, if I want, if this is what I want, who do I need to speak with? Like, what does that look like? What, what are some steps I can take? And so I was explaining this whole sequence of, of questions. He said, oh, so you're talking about the Socratic method. Hmm. I said, why well, the Socratic what? I mean, <laughs> I understand like, like most people I knew of Socrates and that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. Like yep. the question guy kind of thing and, and famous philosopher. And I remember in that conversation too, I think that the title of the book came up qu uh, quite quickly and he said, oh, I should call it personal Socrates because it's like you have your own like personal Socrates on your shoulder and your mind at all times. Like you always have that tool. And I remember saying, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not calling the book. Like this isn't going to fall into some sort of Greek philosophy category, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I just, I didn't see it as that until I started looking into Socrates mm. and came to the realization quite quickly. I'm like, this is pretty impressive because this guy has been around since essentially almost like the beginning of time. Mm. And 
people know of the work. It's, it's stood the test of time. We're all using the Socratic method in some capacity. We just don't really know we're doing it or we're not using it with intention. So that's where I started to get curious. I'm like, well, clearly the method works since it's been around and it's, that's, been, that's been proven. But how do you modernize it in a way so that you don't have to think about using a Socratic method and, and that we can just leverage questions in our everyday life to just get more clear and be more intentional. And, and I'm, now I'm, I'm listening off the, the parts of the book and the part three of the book is once you do that and you ask questions to get clear, then you ask questions to make sure that your actions and your habits and your systems are bringing you closer to, you know, the place that you want to be, then all of a sudden opportunity and possibility opens up because you see it mm. and you've spent the time training your mind to see, okay, I'm here. And now I want to be here. Well, either the actions I'm taking are bringing me closer or pushing me farther away, right? And it's those check-ins and those questions that can really make all the difference. Mm, I love it. And, and, you know, I don't know who is it that said it, but it's one of those uh, inspirational teachers that say, follow the why, which is kind of the same premise of asking questions and following until you get the answer. Because yeah. we normally respond yeah. with another question, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why are you doing well, you And you may never get, you may, the thing is that what's interesting, I mean, you'll get closer and closer to, to the answer, but I think the questions at least lead you down the, the, the right angle or the right direction on the path. Yeah. And get you, then all of a sudden it opens up, you know, other avenues and, and like that, you know, coming full circle to your opening question. I mean, that's how, you know, essentially we're speaking or I'm doing any of this work. I mean, didn't see, I wasn't asking the, I was asking the questions in terms of what I want, want to do as a, as a kid or in, in college years, but like this journey definitely wasn't the answer, mm -hmm. but it was just the, the sequence of questions and trying different things and, and doing everything possible to make sure my mind was as clear as possible to see, okay. Like this feels, this feels like the right path mm -hmm. and I might be wrong, but I know the one over here definitely feels off yeah. and it's hard to do that when your mind is full yeah. and full of emotion or relationships or fear and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's the answer because uh, uh, sometimes when I follow my why it gets to, well, because that's how I feel like that, that that's the answer It's yeah. like, you can really not explain it. You really learn to see yeah. it with what is that feeling that you're experiencing and and the, that emotion and then then you start to okay i have to deal with this i have to deal with the fact that i'm yeah. feeling this way there's no explanation for this but it really creates a, you know a, a, a space for like okay I, i see what this is so that's i th i think your book is brilliant and and i think it really has the potential to help us all to be in a better place in that. And, and I love the concept of mental fitness because it is true. We all devote time to the gym. We all devote time yeah. to all sorts of things. And then our most powerful muscle and asset that we have, which is our brain and our minds, we completely leave it unattended. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the thing that tells us to go to the gym or eat healthy <laughs> or not, All right? Or, yes. Or be present or, or which relationship to focus on. Yeah, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but uh, you know, for me, everything starts and stops uh, with our minds because, and especially like, you know, I talk to a lot of companies about this as well. And and when speaking to these about these practices, 
I'm like, to be very bold or blunt, I mean, as soon as a mind stops working, so does the brand. And, and if your team's minds are working at half capacity, then so are the decisions that are being made and the execution. Like it's all, it's all linked, right? And it comes back, you know, to being on, on that airplane when we hear you have to put on your oxygen mask first before mm-hmm. helping others. Mm-hmm. It's the same, same philosophy. And we just, we just deserve that. Like, do we not all deserve to feel, you know, good? I'm not saying every day you're going to feel you know, like rainbows and butterflies, but more days than not, I think we we deserve to feel good and feel like we're doing impactful work or feel like our relationships are the right ones and that we're motivated and inspired. I mean, I think we owe that to ourselves. Absolutely. And that's why it's important, I think, to to create those activities. That, and when you and I off yeah. off of record, we're beginning to, you know, chat uh, 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 when we just connected today. You say, I said, I'm having like a crappy couple of days. And you say, well, now it's going to get better because we are about to talk. And that's exactly from podcaster to podcaster. It's exactly what I feel every yeah. time I have one of these back to basic conversations. I keep on my day in a much better place just because you and I connected today. Yeah. And and that's really one of the I reasons. I feel that. Yeah, why people say, why you don't make money out of this, you know, the, 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 but it's my personal practice. It's my investment in myself. And then if in the process yeah. you can inspire somebody or help somebody learn about, you know, you and your work and we put your book in the radar of somebody that needed it, that it's already, you know, all win-win. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the emotional currency that for whatever reason doesn't get that much attention but has to your point has such a huge ripple effect across the world and you know when you're feeling great then you know again you're thinking at another level and your team you know feels like it's just everyone feels that mm-hmm. right so it's you know for for you and I we're obviously really biased on podcasts <laughs> And I can feel it with yeah, you, yeah. which is I'm I'm not surprised you have so many episodes as well. Like you, we get into a flow state when we're doing this stuff, and everyone has those kind of activities. So it's just a matter of identifying and just a simple question: like, what is it? What activities or practices or things that I can do that I know without a shadow of a doubt will put a smile on my face? Mm-hmm. And just have that listed out. And, and just making sure that the, those are baked into your schedule. And when stuff gets crazy, because we know life will throw us all the curveballs, you know you can default to any of those uh, items on that list to cut the pot or cut the narrative or cut the, the negative emotion that you're dealing with, like whatever it is. Like we always have those tools there. That is such uh, valuable advice. And you know, when I started meditating regularly, which I, I owe it to COVID. <laughs> so yeah. that's really, I've been doing many it do. off and on many times, but like really with COVID, it's stuck. And uh, and now I, it used to be when life got really busy, that's of course would go down the window. And now I have yeah. to say lately, it's one of those things that, and, and my brain tries to hijack it and say, you're not going to have time to meditate. Of course. And I say, no, I'm going to do yeah. at least five minutes because now once you know the impact of that meditation yeah. and how your day is going to go if you don't have it, it's like now you don't get rid of it anymore. Like you cut other things, but not that. For sure. Well, and it's so interesting and I'm guilty of this as well. It's like when things get tough, all of like, this is when we start to, we, we, we reach for the food that is not healthy. We reach for the comfort stuff. To your point, we stop our mental fitness practices. We don't have enough time. Like we're doing 
an exact opposite of what we actually need in those moments. But I think what's important, again, like to give yourself a little bit of credit, just to know that our bodies are, wi- are still wired to survive. So it's just th- our bodies are, are, are flowing in the, in the natural evolution to survive that moment, which flips into survival mode. And it doesn't include new age practices, <laughs> or I mean, I say new age meditation is, is, is as old as they come. But when you think of our evolution and biology perspective, I mean, we're talking, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of years or millions of years. So just, I think just knowing that, knowing that we're wired to survive, it's not caught, our, our, our wiring is not up to date with the current environment. Mm-hmm. And that we do have to take a pause to short circuit that and then throw in our practices and make sure. And then then to your point, you feel it. You feel the def- the, the differences. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, this is so such a great conversation. I always, of course, ask Mark, is there anything we haven't touched upon that is exciting you these days? Any projects, anything in particular that you want to highlight for the audience? Yeah. I mean, I would just say for people just with the practices or just mental fitness in general is to just, you know, have fun with this stuff. Like go into the the, the experience as, as something exciting and, and with an open and curious mind and just, you know, play around. Like maybe meditation is something you'll you'll have fun with and, and it'll be, you know, valuable or maybe breath work or journaling or just taking, you know, quiet walks. I mean, just have fun with it. And and just let your your intuition guide you to you know okay well this is the one that works and then just build it into your, your rituals and routines, and and check in with yourself. That's that's key, right? Awesome. And so so I'll just yeah just like leave people with that because like all this stuff often gets the like people get stressed about it. it's like oh I have to get a meditation in or I have to go to the gym or I have to eat I'm gonna eat healthy this week because it was a bad week like just release some of that pressure and just have fun with this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave people on, on hopefully that note. And, and yeah, if there, if you want more, I mean, I've, I've got free stuff over at behindthehuman.com, which is where the podcast mm-hmm. lives and the book and, and there's free guides and things like that. And, so. a, and a wonderful newsletter that I've subscribed to. So I definitely, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. All the link to your web page page is going to be there. And um, I really, really highly advise everybody out there to get the book and listen to the podcast because you're going to be in a better place. So, Mark, my last and final question is always, besides all this amazing thing, and, and I can see you're a person that keeps ticking no matter what, when things get rough, what other things do you like to stay connected to to your soul, to what makes you tick? Oh, like when things get tough? Yes, or, or when you just, yeah. you feel disconnected and you want to do one oh. of those things that you say, put a smile on your face. What, what yeah. would that be? Yeah, I mean... You really can't go wrong, at least for me, is to spend any time in, in nature or near water or in the in the forest. So for me, uh, luckily, I live near a bay off the, one of the Great Lakes. So, you know, water's nearby all the time, the forest, if I can get on my mountain bike and, and, and ride around on the trails. Like, it's always fascinating when you when you walk in any kind of nature and you just and you do it with presence and you look around to see how much is happening that is like in perfect sequence you know and if you think of the seasons that we go through right like a lot of people don't like winter it's like but yeah you need winter to get to you know spring and summer and and just seeing how this is all working 
it just, at least for me, provides a pause and a perspective shift mm-hmm. that I'm just like a small little creature here on this this beautiful earth. And, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm. Well, thank you for that. I love that. You made me feel like I'm already outside uh, enjoying the water. Oh, amazing. Here in Miami, I do the same thing, except when we have hurricanes <laughs> coming back. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this has been a great conversation, Mark. I'm honored that uh, you said yes to to be here as a guest. And I uh, really um, enjoyed so much everything you had to say and wish you the best of luck. Oh, right back at you. I mean, I, you can see it. I'm energized and just, I mean, you're sending me off in the afternoon fully uh, alive and ready to go. And I can feel your connection to this work. So thank you for showing up so present and with wonderful questions. Oh, thank you so much. This is a win-win and I hope the audience feel the same thing. I thank you all for being part of Back to Basics and until the next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.